Okay, here we are, talking, talking, talking. Chatting away, talking about the cyclos and the crinkos and the kinkos and the clinkos. And the rat brains. And the rat brains and the leverage. That's what I tell you all the time, rat brains. <laughs> Come rat on, rat brain, brain man, man animal. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Paul. Yes, Jake. Wherefore art thou, Paul? Are thine a cyclo or a clinko? Describe thine intentions immediately before thine planet is eradicated. That was an example of a better acting performance than you're going to find in Battlefield Earth. Sadly enough, that's really true. And we're going to talk all about that. And a Thanksgiving feast of pop culture proportions. On this episode of Pop Culture with Fanboy and Know It All. Clinko? I don't even remember Clinko. Oh, yeah, Clinkos. Because hmm. <laughs> it was like it was going to be a thing and then it wasn't all of a sudden. Anyways. What is up, my nerds? Welcome inside Pop Culture with Fanboy and Know-It-All. I'm Jake. I'm Paul. Welcome back inside our crazy brains. <laughs> or better, you know, in this case, inside John Travolta's crazy, crazy brain. brain. If you're listening, John, we, we still like you. But man, this movie, this what movie. What happened? What happened? We're continuing our Hurts So Good pursuit Really, it's a journey. It is a an epic quest that Paul and I have undertaken, and it truly is a quest because, because it's painful. It's painful. There's it's there's obstacles. Arduous. It's arduous. There's things to be overcome. Yep. Battles to be fought. Every single movie we've watched so far has felt, in some ways, like a trip to Mordor. Yeah, we're going to places that very few are willing to go because you know what? When you try to find the best of the worst movies. You're going to find a lot of movies that are just the worst of the worst. Yeah, no question. No question. <laughs> this one, I, I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on this, Jake, yeah. because it's, this was really on the borderline for me. Oh, interesting. Is it, is it, does it hurt so good, or is it just really, really painful to yeah. watch? And, and so that's, that's the thing, is people have so little time to spend you know, hours finding these movies. Uh, but but we go there because we care about people. That's really what this is all about. <laughs> <laughs> we are selfless, selfless auteurs. That of, is exactly right. Of bad movies. We watch so you don't have to. Or so we can find the ones that you do have to watch. We'll see whether or not this is one <laughs> that you do have to watch or not. And then elsewhere, uh, we've got... We've got the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and uh, we, you know, it was like, should we rank our top favorite Thanksgiving foods? Well, everybody does that. Relevant already did a comprehensive list of who has the, what is the top Thanksgiving meal item. And so we thought, you know what, let's talk about a cornucopia of pop culture. Let's come up, let's pair our, uh, let's, let's take Thanksgiving foods your classic Thanksgiving feast, 
and replace those items with pieces of pop culture <laughs> to come up with a Thanksgiving feast of pop culture proportions. Yeah, this was uh, this was all Jake's idea, by the way. <laughs> I, I wrote Paul about this <laughs> as we were trying to figure out what you know what else we were going to talk about in addition to Battlefield Earth, and I wrote out this whole idea and I sent it to him. And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting for a response, and all I get back is, okay. <laughs> and I knew right then that I had, it was one of my best ideas ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see how it works. We shall see how it works. Um, and, of course, we'll wrap up the show with the most least important thing. Yes. And Paul is very excited. I'm super excited he about says my he's most got least important a really thing. good one for us today. But yes. he hasn't told me what it is, so I'm in the dark. And I think I've got a fun one. It was fun for me, at least. But I think it'll be fun for you guys here in about a week. Yeah, actually, uh, right. It, it'll be fun for you just in a couple of days if you in happen a couple to of like days. Yeah. things like this. So, I mean, you, what is it? I don't know. It's the most least important thing. Because right now it's time for Hurts So Good. The most least important thing. And now, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't one of your better segues. It wasn't a segue. Right? <laughs> like the like the blog post for the last one. It's just like not, I'm not clickbaiting anybody here. I'm just going to tell them exactly what this is. Exactly get. what it is. <laughs> mm. All right. Wounds have have your wounds wounds have been mended. <laughs> have yeah. your wounds been mended, Paul? From from this battle with Battlefield Earth? Well, okay. So, <laughs> I have to say, there were moments in this movie where it was almost physically painful. <laughs> almost physically where painful. Where you wanted to rend your garments and... Well, it really was. I mean... Inflict in physical my... harm on yourself. <laughs> I watched it with my wife. Okay. I... I... <laughs> I, I did learn that when she, <laughs> she immediately posted, posted yeah. on the Facebook group <laughs> that she was angry and wanted her money back. Yes, yeah. She her first words after as the credits were rolling, her first words were, "I could have been sleeping for those two hours." <laughs> so she didn't think it hurt so good. <laughs> no, she did not feel like it hurt so good. But there were some elements in this movie that had some campy potential, you know. I Okay, like let's All right, so let's let's unpack the movie first. It, the movie is is essentially it's really simple. Okay. The there's these aliens that came down to earth it's a thousand years, a thousand years ago. Yep. Or yeah, yeah. We the story takes place in the year 3000. Exactly. Aliens come to earth. They conquered a thousand years ago. We're an endangered species. We're just hanging on by a thread and we've become these these cavemen like things and the the evil beings are stalking around mining the earth for all of its natural resources so that's really essentially it in a nutshell that the the whole plot is is one of the aliens the worst of the aliens that we meet played by john travolta who was walking around on three or four foot stilts the entire time um he has this brilliant idea of trying to train these man animals who apparently don't know anything um, to mine for for valuable gold, and so 
he's he's not convinced that we're smart enough to do it, but he's willing to give it a chance because um, all the gold is located in these these heavy radiation areas, and so we're sort of expendable, and so he sends us to do it. And in the meantime, man, especially the main character, Johnny, 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 good boy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Played by one of my favorite actors, actually, Barry Peppers. I love Barry Peppers. But Johnny Goodboy, he develops this this whole idea of how to overthrow, after a thousand years, this alien race that has taken over the world. Because the aliens decide, hey, let's upload all of our knowledge into Johnny Goodboy. <laughs> you know, they really should have uploaded knowledge into their own brains, I think. Yeah, you know, maybe don't. Don't take the person that you're enslaving and give them all of your advanced knowledge and technology and know-how. Yeah. That could be a problem for you in the long run. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and, and what we have here is a, a movie from the year 2000. Right. That was based on a book from the early 1980s that John Travolta, in all of his Scientologist glory... Wanted to make for yeah. almost 20 years before it finally got right, made. Right. This was right after he had made Pulp Fiction. And so his star was as high as it had ever been. He had had his sort of Travolta renaissance. Travolta-sance? Travolta-sance. And so he had... He's all like, of I'm going to use my power to make this happen. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> I, I just... And he... And he had... Like, before the movie came out, as he was doing all the press tour and stuff like that, he wasn't just excited about this movie for what it meant for him. He thought this was going to be a piece of cinema history, like, for the better. Yes. He, he said, this is going to blow Star Wars out of the water. It's yep. going to make you forget everything you thought you knew about sci-fi. And he literally called it the Schindler's List of the sci-fi movie genre. <laughs> That was a quote John Travolta dropped as this as, as he was doing the press tour for this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's good to have confidence in your own yeah. in your own stuff. You know, um, the movie had a budget of seventy five million dollars. Theoretically, theoretically, but I guess I guess what happened? It only had a budget of forty million dollars. The the company that was producing it lied to the investor <laughs> and then pocketed the extra thirty five million. And then made this movie for forty million, paid about ten plus million of that to John Travolta, so only actually had about thirty million. But then they splurged the rest of that on catering. <laughs> so they say. So they actually only had the budget of about eight thousand dollars. <laughs> it really felt that way sometimes. It it felt that way. So I let's let's get into the badness. You know, you you outline the plot here, right? But let's talk about the badness because this. Although it has not been riff tracked, although it has not been Mystery Science Theater three thousand, this is considered one of the worst movies of all time. In fact, it won every single Razzie. It was the introductory Razzie, right? I mean, this actually brought the Razzies into being. Is that right? I don't believe so. Oh. No, because actually, um, there there was one. This movie is actually tied for the most. Razzie wins. Gotcha. And the one it's tied with was from 1995. Um, I was reading about this. Showgirls is oh, is the other one that has as many Razzie. So the interesting thing is Showgirls had way more nominations, had something like double the amount of nominations, but it only won half of them. Battlefield Earth won in every category it was nominated for. And the only person that didn't win was Forrest Whitaker. 
but he lost to Barry Pepper for best <laughs> yeah, supporting right. actor or worst supporting same, actor. He, they were nominated in the same category. Forrest Whitaker, how did he decide? How did he look at this script and say, "This is a movie I want to be a part of"? Well, and that's 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 a fascinating thing to think about with a big budget bad movie like this is at what point did people start to realize what they were working on was a dud because I don't think I think for I think it's different for all of them I don't think Travolta still I don't think he's realized it right I think he he has said he wouldn't change anything about it he would make it the same way and so Travolta is still on his own planet he's he's headed there he's gotten there he's he he loves it but uh, Barry Pepper, you know, after he found out that he won a Razzie, said had he known he was uh, – he, he had sort of started to regret being a part of this movie some point during production. <laughs> and had he known he was nominated – he didn't even know he was nominated – he would have gone to the Razzies to accept his award. The screenplay actually had two writers. The first writer got kicked out because they didn't like the direction he was going. Right, right, right. And he's talked about how bad the movie is. Battlefield Worth – Battlefield Earth ended up winning the worst movie of the 2000 to 2010 time frame yeah. from the Razzies. And one of the screenplay guys went and accepted his award. So there are people on the movie that have recognized how bad it is. But wh- like, what what point you know, do you go from, oh, this script could be okay, to, oh, this is the worst thing ever? Oh, my goodness. Because it's, it is hard to tell when you're making something. No, it is. You it might is. You might not know. You might... There's a fine line between, oh, I think this is a good movie and ultimately finding out it's a great movie. and Or maybe you think this is great and it's only good. But it, when a movie's this bad, I got to think you got to start sus- feeling it soon. Well, you would think as soon as you saw John Travolta in his, in his Bob Marley wig and his three-foot stilts, you would think. And his massive cup. <laughs> he has a massive, like, sports cup over his groin. Like, yeah. okay, apparently this alien's packing. Yeah, it, there were there were just <laughs> just that visual alone should be enough to make you think. I don't know whether this is a good idea, and really, it, in some ways, the makeup was the very best part of this movie, right? Well, but like it was so uneven. Yeah, like the the other cyclos. Okay, the aliens are called cyclos, right? So, way to go, L. Ron Hubbard, for your naming convention. The other the other alien race we hear about in this movie are called the Klinkos. So we have the Cyclos and the Klinkos. The Klinkos were a race that were eradicated by the Cyclos. See, how do you even remember that? How <laughs> I took notes. I literally Oh my god. Okay, so uh, yeah, I was when you I was asking watching... me about a Klinko. I was thinking, what is this? Is this like some sort of one of those tiddlywink games or what? what? No, it was it was one of the alien races that was wiped out and eradicated by the Cyclos. Duh, Paul. Get into your Duh. Scientology history here. Uh, no, I started watching this movie, and within five minutes, there were so many bad things already. Oh my god! That I was like, I'm going to forget these because these are five minutes into a two-hour movie. Yeah. I've got to start writing some of this stuff down, or I'm not going to remember all the terrible things. <laughs> it was. It was. There so was I have a so note about the, the Klinkos, um, and so, but just from the get-go, they have everything. Almost every scene is shot in the Dutch angle. Yes. For those of you that don't know the term Dutch angle, it's where the camera, instead of shooting straight on at something, it tilts the camera 
not all the way up and down, but it tilts it at an angle so that the whole thing 30 looks... degrees, 45 degrees, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, so that everything is slanted. And almost every single scene almost is shot this way. every single scene. Everybody always looks like they're going to fall out of the screen at any right. moment. Typically, a Dutch angle is used if you want to convey a sense of... Um, confusion and chaos or if you want to convey a sense of maybe speed and disorder like in a chase scene which people will use a dutch angle and in some ways the dutch angle did work because it did show a lot of disorder it did it did expose a lot of disorder like joss whedon got a lot of flack for using the dutch angle once in the first avengers movie and people like it it, he used it once and it people like why did he do that this director roger christian Used it the entire movie. There may be, I mean, we're talking 80 to 90% of the movie was shot at an angle. Yeah. And Roger Christian, can we talk about this guy for a second? Have you, did you look him up? No, I did not. Okay, so after the movie, I was like, I have to see who directed this. It has to be some no name guy that was owed a favor because his father saved the life of some Hollywood <laughs> producer at some point. No, Roger Christian, the guy that directed Battlefield Earth, has won Academy Awards. He won an Academy Award for his art direction and set direction for Star Wars. He worked on Star all the Star Wars movies with George Lucas. He was nominated for another Academy Award because he was the art director for Alien. This guy has a history of working with really talented... He Oh, and he won for a short film. He actually won a, uh, an Academy Award for a short film that he did. And so this guy... He's been around really good movies and been recognized for his work. Yeah. He should have known better. Yeah. Like, it. there's no excuse. This isn't just some random favor to yeah, I, I was actually. Nephew. Yeah, I was beginning to think that just all the cameramen, they just had really serious problems with their legs or something, and the knees kept giving out. It was a, it was a very strange, strangely shot movie. Yeah. The... Um, it was just crazy from beginning to end, really. It was just nonsensical all the way through. And and you think about how how cyclos yeah. how the cyclos ever conquered Earth a thousand years ago when, you know, we had built all these big cities. And then a thousand years later they assume that we don't know how to do anything, even though we're surrounded by the ruins of these huge cities. Right. We obviously built an entire civilization, and they talk about it. They say, we know everything about your race, yeah. and yet they don't realize that raw rats are not our favorite food. Yeah, or that if they like, if they want to get this gold, they can mine it, or they could just go to Fort Knox, very publicly, <laughs> the yeah. only place in the United States where we store massive amounts of gold, and you don't have to mine it. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of the movie so, you know, Barry Pepper. The, the, <laughs> I know where you're going here. Good boy. He he creates this thing and he goes off and he takes his people. They're supposed to mine for gold. Supposed to be mining for gold. John Travolta says, you got to do this really quick or we'll kill everybody. And yeah. all that kind of stuff. I'm going to murder your so girlfriend that back. I randomly found and knew it was your girlfriend, even though I didn't know. So he comes back and all the gold is in bars. <laughs> it's all in bars. John Travolta at least is smart enough to say, why is it all in bars? But... But then believes them that they had time to smelt <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. We we really He's like thought. you had time to mine it and smelt it. Like when he finds it in bars, it's not. Oh, hey, maybe they like 
escaped in my ship and figured out how to... No, he's like, wow, you guys built the forge and smelted the gold? All right, do it again. <laughs> do it twice as fast this time. Yeah. We just thought... John, John Goodboy says... Yeah. We just thought that you really wanted bars as opposed to raw gold. Nothing is too good for you, John Travolta, he yeah. said. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Yeah, because they, they make a big deal about how much the Cyclos <laughs> studied Earth right. and how they wiped out the armies of Earth in nine minutes. They make a big deal about yeah. how smart the Cyclos are and how the human beings couldn't you know, touch them and... And all of that, but these are the dumbest aliens I've ever seen. Well, in and any then, movie. yeah, okay. So they wipe out the entire human civilization in nine minutes, and then at the end, this is a spoiler warning. In the end, the entire cyclo civilization that has been built on Earth for the last thousand years is destroyed by like fifteen what? seconds. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got and and by nine Harrier jets, like ancient thousand year <laughs> technology that had somehow not rusted in those hadn't rusted. Years. The fuel hadn't expired, <laughs> even though it normally wouldn't. Three years. The people piloting Barry Pepper's good friends, they have these this, cavemen, <laughs> these cavemen train themselves how to fly fighter jets in, in Braveheart war paint. <laughs> they train themselves how to fly these jets in seven days, and they destroy the entire cyclo civilization. Yeah, and literally the entire cyclo civilization, the good guys the in this whole planet, movie, not even civilization, the planet itself <laughs> evaporates. Not not Earth. What they no, do? No, the cyclo planet. Yeah, so they they kick the cyclos, they they destroy their whole you know outposts on 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 Earth, and then they send up a nuclear bomb up to cyclo land and just annihilate the entire thing. Isn't that usually what the bad guys do? Typically, yeah. I, I, I think, you know, that's really the joke's on us. The humans are really <laughs> the bad guys all along. Like, Isn't that the moral And the of joke's everybody? on us that we were rooting for the humans, uh, even you, though you're not rooting for the humans because they're weird. Yeah. You're, you're really not rooting for anybody in this movie. Like, they want you to root for Johnny Goodboy. Good old Johnny Goodboy. <laughs> but Barry Pepper is terrible. <laughs> Everybody's bad in this movie. Every- Barry Pepper is terrible <laughs> in this movie. He should not have been the leading man in this, in this role. Every time the scene changes they use like a windows movie maker wipe and so you're like okay i'm glad that you learned what a dutch angle was and what a wipe a it center didn't wipe remind was. me of sort of star wars though right because it they did used ha- those- yeah star wars did use the wipe but star wars came out 20 30 you know 20 plus years before this came out yeah. so hey you know let's update our technology a little bit oh my goodness there's a i mean and then just all the little things on top of the big things so, like, there's a scene where Johnny Goodboy is running away from the the Cycloadian Terrell, and he gets shot by a stun by a stun right, laser, right. and he gets shot in the back, and then he starts falling forward, and in slow motion, falls through six separate large floor to ceiling panes of glass. <laughs> like, it's a thirty second scene of he falls through one pane of glass. And then he falls through another pane of glass, and oh, then he falls through another. I, I rewound because it was so comically hilarious how many he crashed through yeah. that I didn't believe. I was like, I'm just, I'm just being cynical. He probably only crashed through like two or three. So I rewound. No, he crashes through. <laughs> After he gets <laughs> shot, he runs like stunned. That normally takes people down in a second. He runs through six individual 
Floor to ceiling, huge panes, windows of glass. Can I be honest with you, Jake? I'm not sure whether it, the movie is more scary than your level of commitment to this segment. I mean, to well, rewind, <laughs> to rewind, <laughs> to watch any more of this movie than you have to to count the panes of glass. There, like with jo- with John Travolta's character, he, like he, they're trying to set him up as the most clever cyclone oh, of them my all. Goodness. But he just sounds like a buffoon. Well. And here's the thing about all those cyclos. I mean, they make snidely whiplash from the old Dudley yeah. Do-Right cartoons. It makes him look subtle. You know? really does. <laughs> You're subtle like, wow, complex. that was so nuanced. <laughs> yeah. That performance by Snidely. Yeah. <laughs> Understated. I loved it. You know, and he has this, this terrible dialogue where he's just shown to be the most evil thing in the universe. But all the cyclos are that evil. They're all duplicitous. No one can trust each other. Has this talk with this bartender. Oh, over, yes, yes. You know, the, the, you know, the bartender's been feeding him all this information, and so now all of a sudden John Travolta is about to get off the planet, and he's going to betray the bartender. And the bartender pleads with him, please, please, as a friend, don't do this. And John Travolta says, unfortunately, I'm not your friend. <laughs> well, but the way he sets that up, he's like, the guy, the bartender's like, as a friend, could you not report me? And then John stops and thinks about it, and he's like, well, as a friend, I could per- forget to put that in your file. And the bartender looks relieved. Yeah. And then John's like, but you're not my friend. <laughs> and then walks off, fool. <laughs> he just literally yells, fool. But even before that, that was the second time in that uh, same scene that I he know. had done the same thing. I know. Because earlier on, the bartender's kind of be all wink, wink, nudge, nudge about it. And he's like, uh, you know, you want to make sure this bad thing doesn't appear in my file. And I don't want to, I want to make sure it doesn't magically appear in my file. And John Travolta says, oh, don't worry. It won't magically appear in your file. And he's like, oh, good. You know, my kid's in college and goes on. And then John Travolta's like, Oh, it's going to be in your file. And he's like, no, you said it wouldn't. He's like, no, I didn't say it wouldn't (laughs) appear in your file. I said it wouldn't magically appear in your file. So clever he is. It won't appear by magic. It'll appear because I put it there. Are we 11? Oh, my I haven't had those types of conversations since I was 11. Well, does it make you want to read the original book, the original Battlefield? It actually did. I want to see if the dialogue's that bad. Exactly. You would think that if it sold 16 gazillion copies, you would think it would be a better book. But perhaps, perhaps not. And there were two words that the the screenwriter was obsessed with. Leverage. Everybody's talking about leverage in this. Oh, I'm going to get leverage on the humans. I'm going to figure out what food they like so I can have leverage on the humans. Oh, I'm going to have leverage on my idiot assistant. And then the idiot assistant's going to have leverage on me. And then I'm going to have leverage on this guy. And he's going to have leverage on me. And the humans are going to have leverage on me. Every the leverage. I was sick of that word. I didn't remember what it meant anymore. And the other one, crap. Everybody <laughs> said crap. Did that stick out to you too? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was, I don't know, I, I, I was, there were just so many things that stood so out. Many things. Like so many they, things. After they've introduced how bad Terrell is, they bring in this alien from Cyclo, and to establish how, you know, evil he is, his opening line is pathetic. All the green and the blue sky. They told me this planet was ugly, but this has got to be one of the ugliest crap holes in the entire universe. <laughs> It's like, ooh, he's nasty. <laughs> oh, man. The Cyclos apparently believe in hell 
even yeah. though they're not Christians. Um, and uh, at least as far as we know, oh, they, they love also... capitalism. This is very much an anti-capitalism movie because they get cyclos can throw out any law in favor of the bottom That's line. That's true. They're they're literally like. Hey, we have law. We have a law on the books that allows us to throw out all of our other laws as long as we protect our profits. Okay, cool. Capitalism, <laughs> or anti-capitalism at least. So John Travolta hates capitalism. Um, yeah. No, it was it was. Or the scene the, uh... where he shoots off all the legs of the cows. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you know, we haven't established how terrible he is yet. Let's have him shoot off the legs of a bunch of cows. <laughs> yeah. And the only thing I could think of was that old joke about what is a cow without, you know, two legs? Mm-hmm. Lean beef. Lean beef. What's what a cow is a without? Cow's out four legs? Yeah. Ground beef. Ground beef. Yeah. That's all I could think of during that <laughs> entire scene is he's shooting off these cow's legs. It was it was terrible. They mm. cyclos were terrible human beings, and I think this movie might have been made by the actual race of cyclos. It would that would make a lot more sense. Yeah. All so, right. so Paul Let's talk about the hurts so good part of this. You know, I actually enjoyed it more in this conversation than I did actually watching it. I think um, there were parts of this movie that were really funny and very MST take 3K worthy. And then there were parts that were just so painful that I just, it was, it was terrible just to sit through it. I just wanted to run and hide. <laughs> just wanted to run and hide under the couch. So, so as a reminder to you guys, we've got our list, our Hurts So Good list. There's all the way to positive 10, the best movies of all time, all the way to negative 10, the ones that hurt the worst. You know what? But I'm they gonna, feel so good. They I'm, hurt the best. I'm all. actually going to give this because it was definitely worse than Mortal Kombat as a movie. Yeah, It was... In some ways, more fun with those painful parts, but surely you can fast forward those if you really need to. I'm going to give this to. a negative eight. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought the way you were talking about how painful it was, I was worried you weren't going to give it, you know, the score it deserved. It was for really me, painful at for times. For me, it's a negative eight, easy. You know, leaning, yeah. leaning even upwards towards a negative nine. In that, I even watching this by myself laughed out loud. Like I said, I had to start taking notes because I I was like, I'm not going to believe my memory on all these things. And I took more than 20, almost 30 bullet points worth of notes <laughs> because I was just in awe at how every single part of this movie was terrible. The dialogue, the acting, the yeah. art direction, you know, that all these aliens look like weird aliens except John Travolta. They kept most of his face and just added dreadlocks and stilts. Yeah. You know, and, and the weird beards that came out from both yeah, sides of the chin. Like, and not know? even from his chin, but like from his under From neck. his neck, yeah. And not an attractive Everything one. about this movie to me was hilarious i would highly recommend you watch this with a group of friends and laugh about it uh the nice thing is is as far as language goes crap is the worst you really have to deal with no it's true and the violence is so comical Yes, and, and and most everybody just gets stunned. And I actually and there's knew no that you were going to content. Well, I knew you were going to like this movie because there were there was a total of two women in the entire <laughs> thing, and they get as a total of thirty seconds of screen the, time, except for the weird, yeah, the weird cameo by Kelly Preston <laughs> yeah, with the big tongue, with the big oh, tongue. My oh my goodness. word! That like was terrible. what? Why was this included? Completely gratuitous. It was just like, I want to get my wife in here, and I want to make her look like uh, a weird psycho alien girl with a huge tongue. 
Like who writes that scene? John Travolta, apparently. Terrible. No, this Terrible. this is fully this hurt so good for me personally. I would rewatch this and show it to people in a heartbeat. That's so alarming. Yeah, you know what I think we need to do for mm. the next hurt so good? Yeah. I think we actually need to watch it at the same time if we can. Okay. And live tweet and it. tweet it back and forth. Yep. That's don't a you good think? Idea. No, I think that's a great idea. I, I think, think we, we totally need to should. do that. So, um, so I don't think that, we can watch it in the same room because I just don't think we could handle each other for that long. But yeah, we have, we have to you know we have to moderate how much we do that you know. Yeah. Um, so with that, did you pick out our next hurt so good or do you need a little help? Because I've been so excited about this segment, I've done a lot of. <laughs> you know what? I will. I have a choice. Okay, but I'm not sure if it's a great choice. So right. I'd like to hear yours. Uh, well, I mean, I've got I've got in the neighborhood of like seven or eight. Oh my goodness. Okay, so let me, can, let me go ahead. And yeah, pick let's this go with one. yours. We'll try this one. This is an Amazon Prime. I thought we'd shake it up a little bit. Um, and the name of it is Hawkeye, Hawkeye. aka Karate Cops. Ooh. 1988 martial arts movie. I know that you have a soft spot in your heart for martial arts movies. So you may even like this one unironically. Who knows? We'll have to see Hawkeye, a.k.a. Karate Cops. Karate Cops. Cops. So we go from singular to plural. Yes. So he's going to be multiple karate cops? (laughs) Multiple karate cops. I know nothing about it, but it seems like it might be fun. All right. There you have it for Hurt So Good. And you know what? After after the bludgeoning that we've undergone, but it was a good one. It was like playing a hard-fought football game, which is appropriate because now it's time for a Thanksgiving feast of pop culture proportions. Loosen up your belts. Settle back. It's time for a Thanksgiving feast of pop culture proportions. I don't know if it's a good title, but I'm leaning into it hard. <laughs> so we took the Thanksgiving feast of pop culture. We took the four pillars of any good Thanksgiving feast, and and we broke them down. We we labeled them, and we'll tell you what those labels are. And then we substituted each of us on our own substituted a piece of pop culture in place of this Thanksgiving staple. So, without further ado, it's time to talk about, um, you know, it's time to talk about the The, the turkey. The turkey. You've got to start with the yeah, turkey. Yeah, the turkey. You know, it's a meat that really gets forgotten about all year round. Except by in the, some. By some. But then on Thanksgiving, we, we just, like, gorge on this stuff. We just stuff it down, and then we take naps. Yes, it gets used in sandwiches. But outside of sandwiches throughout the year, turkey is Pop really... Pies. Turkey pot pie? Oh, yeah. Chicken pot pie is no, where it's no, at. No, 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 Turkey pot pie. Well, Way okay, better. so Paul's weird. So uh, we're just like, all right, what's that piece of pop culture for you? That it's like you don't think about it all year round, but maybe it actually shows up in a good pot pie or a sandwich from now. But you're, then you're going to gorge on it come holiday season. Paul, what's your turkey Okay, so for your pop culture feast? I have to say that, that when we, we, we have mutual, the, the same essential menu but we think about these foods a little bit okay how do you think about this so so when i think about turkey i i do think that it is something that we tend to gorge on at holiday time i tend to think that it's it's bland it can be sometimes dry um you need it but here's the thing 
leftovers are always better than the original. Mm. And so because of that, I decided that Harry Potter, yeah. the Harry Potter franchise was the it's your turkey. turkey. Yeah. And the reason is this. You know, the first movies were a little bit bland. They were. A little bit dry. They were a little bit formulaic. But they kept getting better as time went on. And these all, for a lot of people, for my daughter included, they tend to be seasonal things. Like, yeah. she'll just take us some time and watch the whole thing. She'll binge on it just like we would a turkey. Yeah. So there's there that's, you go. That's a good pick. Yeah, for me, um, not entirely dissimilar, except I didn't go with a series. For me, like I said, turkey is not a meat I really care about outside of a sandwich or gorging myself at Thanksgiving. And so I picked Christmas with the Cranks because <laughs> Christmas with the Cranks is, yeah, it's kind of generic. It's kind of bland. It's nothing to write home about. And yet when – November 1st rolls around. I want to watch Christmas with the Cranks. And my family ends up watching it probably three to five times over the holiday season because it's my wife's favorite movie. And so we gorge ourselves on it over the holiday season. And you know what? Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis, they're not – they're not – Amazing or anything to write home about, but they make a good turkey sandwich. You know, when they jump into Toy Story, other places, or or you know, a fish called Wanda, yeah. other places, yeah. and so they they can make a fine one-off sandwich here and there. But really, their best a little mayonnaise, a little mustard, exactly, a little cheesy. Yeah, add Money. some yeah. add some um, you know some chips on the side. Relish. That's good. You know, that's good. Pickles. But the the best place for them is together. In the holiday season, and then just gorge yourself yeah. on that. You really have to mention Christmas with the Cranks every November. I, I do, and that's why, because that's that's how it is in my home. All right, stuffing. Stuffing. All right. Uh, how, what is stuffing to you? So I think we actually see we stuffing this quite a bit the same. And, you know, I think that that it's one of those things. I love stuffing. I am a big yeah. stuffing fan. It tastes delicious. It's just got a little bit of... You know, a little bit of flavor to it. It has that nice salty tang. I really dig it. But you don't necessarily want to know all that went into it, Mm, you know? Interesting. Because stuffing, if it's done right, mixes a lot of weird stuff in that stuffing. So I, uh, I selected, ironically... The birds, the birds, <laughs> by Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, that fits because it's it's really kind of it's kind of spicy. It's good. It's really good, and yet when you hear stories about Alfred Hitchcock and how he directed people, you don't necessarily want to know everything yeah, know that went into the process. All right. Well, see, I actually prefer stovetop stuffing. I will fight to the death anyone who thinks that there's a better stuffing. Than stovetop. Fight so that's to the death. To the death. That's how strongly I feel about stuffing. And yet it's sort of the unsung champion of the Thanksgiving meal. We talk about the turkey and the pie and sleeping, but the stuffing, you know, often gets forgotten about, even though if to the person, if you ask them, and actually it happened, Relevant did a poll on this, stuffing ranked as the number one Thanksgiving side dish amongst the people. It's like the perfect comfort food. Yeah. And so that, for me, it quietly outshines the rest of the meal. And so for me, it's Madden football video games. Because, you know what? They're not the they're not groundbreaking in terms of graphics. They're not the thing everybody's buzzing about every year. You know, the new It game, the thing they want to stuff themselves on and binge for hundreds of hours at a time. And yet, it's the game we all fall back on. and Or at least for me, it's the game I always fall back on. I would put... I will stuff myself with the stuffing of Madden and put I have run through dozens of seasons in Madden creating my own team and it's just delightful. 
And I can I, that could be my whole meal, and I would be great. So there you go. Madden football All right. is my stuffing. All right. On to mashed potatoes. And gravy. And gravy. It's versatile. You called this a boring food, I think. I, I mean, I called the potatoes a boring stem vegetable. Which was wrong. No, no that's still just... accurate. But keep going. Anyway. Uh, I love mashed potatoes. Love mashed potatoes, yeah. even without gravy. Like, if you put enough oh, butter and salt on them, and, and, but the gravy obviously makes it even better. Yeah. My, uh, my selection for mashed potatoes and gravy, because I love it so much, and because the two go so good together, bring it up, baby. Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cary Grant. All right. One's the mashed potatoes, the other's the gravy. Yeah. You know, they just go so well together in this particular movie. It's just delightful. And like you in Madden Football, I guess, I could I could gorge on Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant, which sounds really disgusting when yeah. you think about it. But but it, they're just delightful. And that's a great movie that you really you should see. I yeah. think you should replace Christmas with the Cranks with that. Well, there have you go. Have you seen Bring It Up, Baby? I have not seen Bring It Up, Baby. That's so lame. Yeah, maybe I'll, that's got to be on my backlist, Hall of Shame. Yep. Um, so yeah, for me, I I don't care for potatoes as a thing, like which is so strange. They can be prepared in ways that I like, and so I don't hate potatoes. But a potato as in and of itself, eh? Mashed potatoes in and of themselves, eh? Oh, so good. So they good. can be really bland if you well, don't, they can if be. you don't do them well, right? Gravy, delicious, but you're not going to eat it by itself. It's way too salty to eat it by itself. I drink it sometimes. They need each other. They need each other. And so for me, um, my mashed potatoes and gravy is psych. The the (laughs) TV show psych. Because you know what? Sean and Gus, separate from one another, are kind of irritating and not that great. They, They can get on your nerves or they can be kind of bland and boring. But when you put Sean and Gus together inside the TV show psych... It's fantastic, and you just want to eat a bunch of it, and you're excited about all the weird cameos that pop up in the show. All the you know, you put some corn in your mashed potatoes and gravy, and some stuffing, and some, some turkey. Not some pine. Well, I mean, they would put pineapple in it. You're right. So, anyway, for me, there. that was a pull. I, I, I got that. I got that nod. Um, so, for me, psych is the mashed potatoes and gravy of my Thanksgiving feast. So, you're going to make my wife very happy with that because she loves psych. So she good. loves psych. So good. It really is a pretty good show. But you need them to be together. Like, well, when they get separated, it's not as good. So, we were kind of tracking the same way on this mashed potatoes and gravy. We were. All right. Pumpkin pie. Top it all off. Forget pecan pie. Ugh. Unless you're in the South, I guess. But Disgusting. It's, it's pumpkin pie is the thing. Rhubarb pie. Blech. Well, I like rhubarb, but well, pumpkin pie is the thing. Disgusting. Pumpkin pie is the thing. Well, and here's the thing. I think about pumpkin pie, it also should be disgusting because it's made out of some sort of squash gourd right? type of thing. I'm not a fan of pumpkin in most no. other contexts. No, I mean, when you dig out, like we just finished Halloween, when you're digging out the innards of, I make my wife do that because I would literally get sick if I had to pull out all those guts out of a, of, out of a pumpkin. Yeah. It's a really disgusting thing. It's terrible. It is... It is an obscene misuse of nature. Pumpkins are themselves. And yet, when you put them in a pie, it all works. You know, the pie is pretty sweet. It's pretty tasty. But here's the other thing. Here's the flip side of the pumpkin pie. Mm. Because it is so tasty, all of a sudden, the world is taken over by pumpkin spice everything. You have so many sequels and so many weird abominations that come about it, you know? 
And so because of that, the pumpkin pie of pop culture, King Kong. King Kong. It is. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It is. It is. An abhorrent, terrible thing, and yet when you watch it in context, it turns out to be kind of a sweet movie. And yet, King Kong itself spawned so many terrible things. Mm. Godzilla in the same 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 type of territory. Exactly. You have so many monster movies that are terrible movies, all because King Kong was so great and so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So for me, I think yeah, it's it's got a bland, boring origin overall, but it becomes this magical delight. In a pie form. Magical delight. But you're right. It can become an abomination when too much of it happens elsewhere, outside of the right context. And so that's why, for me, my pick for pumpkin pie is metal covers of generic but popular pop songs by none other than Leo Moracchioli. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard any of his songs? No. So I got to give out a shout out to my brother Max. Uh, you know, my brother Jess gave me the mostly important thing from the last episode, but Max turned me on to Lee Moracchioli, who does metal covers of popular generic pop songs. Oh, they are incredible! They're like legitimate metal songs, but they are based on these pop songs, like Let It, or even songs from movies. So that he's done Let It Go, he's done uh, he's done Adele, Rolling in the Deep. He did one for Despacito. I mean, he did one for What Does the Fox Say? And and so it's it's really delightful and hilarious to listen to these. Yeah, just kind of you know run of the mill pop songs being turned into metal covers. Now that being said, you go on like Amazon Music or on YouTube and look this guy up. He does this for a lot of songs, <laughs> and so okay after you know the first five to twelve are pretty entertaining, but then you're you're digging in and you're like this is too much. It's just it's too a little much. too much. Yeah. Like I would do it. For, like, the best song or three of the year. Not every single song, Leo. But, yeah, Leo Morricchioli. Right, Leo Morricchioli. <laughs> he rounds out I'm my... I'm definitely going to have to listen in on that. <laughs> I'm hoping he does some air supply. I think that would be great. He may have. He may. His, seriously, the amount of songs he's done is kind of astonishing. So, there you go. Uh, that's, that's a good one. That's our Thanksgiving Feast of Pop Culture Proportions. What are your turkey stuffing, mashed potatoes and gravy and pumpkin pie? Let us know on the Twitter. I'm at Jake underscore Roberson. I'm at AC Paul. Now it's time for the most least important thing. The most least important thing, it's Paul's turn to kick us off. That is right. To talk about the things that we care about. Speaking of segues. Segway. This is a great segue. Hopefully a I... real segue. Did you get me an early Christmas present? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get you any Christmas present, Jake. Oh, uh, well. Anyway. That's fitting. So, <laughs> so everybody always does these these stories about what people are Googling around holiday time, mm. right? So there was a story about what people are Googling during Thanksgiving. And a lot of it is pretty, pretty predictable. How to prepare a turkey, how to, you know, what's who's going to be playing football. Our home state of Colorado... Yeah, I don't want to know. Do I? You really don't I'm already disappointed with the Western United States thinking salad is the greatest... Thanksgiving side dish of all time. That's the worst. That's just the worst. So tell me. I can't be any more disappointed than that. Turkey bowling. 
Turkey bowling. Okay, you know what? Way to go, Colorado. Do you know about turkey bowling? I don't know if I know about turkey bowling. Bright late on me. <laughs> yeah, so instead of talking about how to prepare stuffing, you know, what what Leo Marchioli song you want or anything like that, it's all about turkey bowling. And apparently, according to uh, Wikipedia, turkey bowling is a sport which is based on ordinary bowling. A frozen turkey serves as a bowling ball and 10 plastic bottles of soft drinks or water are the bowling pins. The turkey is bowled down the smooth surface, for example, ice or a soap-covered sheet of painter's <laughs> plastic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it is commonly associated with Thanksgiving. So apparently, there's like a and whole turkey bowling sport here in Colorado that I had never even known about. Yeah, research, I was going to say, this sounds to me like Louisiana. Like if you looked up Louisiana in a dictionary, you would find just a video Weirdly, somehow a video got into the dictionary, and it would be people turkey bowling on plastic tarps with soda jugs. (laughs) Like, that just sounds so Southern to me. But the fact that that's Colorado's most searched thing, like... Colorado, yeah. Colorado's a weird purple state. Way to go, Colorado. I just want to know how they do, like, the bowling That can bring us all together. How do they put the holes in the turkey? I mean, do they sort of drill them in? No, I bet you just got to grab the drumstick. Do you do it underhand? Or maybe you go underhand, like, grandma style. Yeah. Or I would... I would maybe try with like grabbing one of the drumsticks and hucking it down. You could do that. You could take it by the neck, maybe. I don't know. It does seem like it would be. Yeah, how processed is it already? Like, yeah. like I, I wouldn't want to know the rules, and that's probably why people are googling it to see what kind of turkey is allowed. Like, well, can it have a neck that they can hold on to? Do the drumsticks have to be gone? Right. Are you using the body only? Uh, are generic soda bottles allowed, or do they have to be brand name soda bottle pins? Well, and you also these are think important about, questions. Yeah, no, these it it really sort of opens up a whole new world of thought, doesn't it? Because I mean, you do sort of think about even in the turkey preparation process, maybe turkey bowling helps tenderize Ooh, the yeah. bird a little bit. You know, it could pick up some some nice earthy texture, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that it's if really the soda spills on it, all of a sudden it's marinating and carbonated and a carbonated, carbonated turkey marinating be, process. Mm, that would be very tasty. drop that in a deep fryer. Come on, forget about it. Oh, Best perfect. Thanksgiving ever. Perfect. Wow. All right, what you got? Yeah, I mean, mine's going to be a letdown, um, but uh, mine is actually just uh, a nice little surprise coming out of uh, out of Netflix here in a couple of days. As I previewed earlier, you might be able to watch this here in a day or two. Very and, exciting. And that is, I, I had the chance to screen The Ballad of Buster Scruggs on Netflix, and uh, it's a Coen Brothers movie. And so the Coen Brothers, man, they can be all over the place. They really can be. They, you know, um, their their movie, why, why am I blanking on the name of the movie that I hate? I cannot stand the Fargo? one that, Fargo. Oh, my gosh. I hated Fargo so much. Yeah. But then, you know, there's No Country for Old Men. Dig that movie. but Depressing. It, it's oh, very depressing. But then there's Classic. Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Classic and fun and, you know, cleaner than many of the other things they do. It got a PG-13 at least. So when I heard that the Coen brothers were doing a Western anthology, like this was supposed to be a movie, then it was going to be a miniseries, and then it got turned into an anthology. So what we have is a movie with six short stories inside of it. And it's all based in the Wild Wild West, which, Paul, as we've talked about many times before, I'm all about that. I'm all, all about, about the Western still, even though it's kind of gone out of style. So I was excited for this. But I was hesitant because the Coen brothers, right? I have to say, now this is still going to be like a TVMA or an R rating because sure. of some of the violence. But the violence is very restrained compared to your typical Coen brother 
violent movie, and there's no sex in this movie, hardly a swear word to be found in this movie. It really is mostly a char- six different little mini character studies. Yeah. All feel very different, and it was a really thoughtful watch. Yeah, one of the things about this this particular movie is that Netflix is making a all-out push to try to get some Oscars for yeah. its movies. And it has some tremendous movies actually coming out this year. I also saw one that I'm not going to mention yet. I'll save it. But but Ballad of Buxter Scruggs is one that they're really pushing for Oscar consideration. You know, the Coen brothers, it's a unique format. Um, I think that you're not the only one who likes Westerns. I think that the right. voters like it too. Yep. It could have been in our little uh, fantasy movie tournament. Yeah. The thing that, and so that's sort of the interesting thing about this is one, I'm wondering how this being re- released on Netflix, you know, I haven't seen a lot of promotion of it. And so how many people are going to watch it is a potential problem that I think Netflix has to figure out how to get people to watch its shows, like, or its new movies that aren't based on like existing properties like this one is very unique how are they going to get people interested in it but then from the oscar standpoint yes there's the snobbery of theater versus streaming but this movie in particular with it being six short stories i think a couple of these short stories could have been full of full-blown movies well there's that but i like they could have been uh contenders in like the short film category Mm. And so when you have a full-length movie that's really six short stories, how does how does Oscar consider that? How does you know what's Mr. Oscar thinking about? What is because it can't Oscar win in the short film because it's one movie, but because it's one movie with six completely unrelated stories, is it going to win for best feature film? I don't know. So I think that's an interesting thing to see. I'm interested to see what the awards. Like voters, right? As well as just your everyday Joes, think of and do with this movie because it's it's an odd duck. It is an odd duck. It is an odd duck, and I'm but looking forward to it's seeing. W- it. it is well done. Hmm. It is really well done, and and uh, some of it's still sitting with me. So mm, like a good Thanksgiving dinner. Interesting. So there you go, bout of Buster Scruggs. I believe it hits um, uh, on November. Oh, November 16th. Friday, November 16th is when it'll hit your Netflix queues. So you can watch it while you're eating Thanksgiving dinner. You you could. Don't don't let the kids watch it. It is still violent. We're dealing with cowboys and Indians and gun duels, so uh but I don't think you can actually say Indians anymore. That's it. Well, that's another interesting thing about this movie that people are already talking about is the movie all the shorts themselves are kind of send-ups of different styles of westerns, which is part of what makes it cool. And unique, but that means stereotypical depictions of Native Americans. And is that a problem or does that play a role in these shorts that are commentary on a time in movie making history that was not sensitive to <laughs> being politically correct when it came to Native Americans? So, sounds like your next podcast. The, yeah, are the Cohen brothers going to be in trouble for how they chose to depict the Native Americans in this movie? Well, it is interesting, even I, though they're just trying to. To pick the way they were depicted? Yeah, no, I think it's it's always an interesting thing when you talk about films in context. I think that, that it would be a delightful conversation down the road. Another time, another day. And that's it for today. Until you come on to Twitter and talk to Paul and I, I'm at Jake underscore Roberson. I'm at AC Paul. We'd love to talk to you. But until then, and until next time... We're done for today. We're, we're done. That's it. That's it. That, until the next show, or until you done. talk to us on we're Twitter, we're done. Done. done.
Over it. Can't not finite. <laughs> but uh, you know what? As usual, I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Bye. Thank you.